0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast, an aptly named podcast. Uh, Once again, I don't have my usual sidekick. I don't know if call him a usual sidekick anymore since uh, um, Austin Ward, Austin Ward's been missing from this podcast for a few weeks. Uh, We'll see what happens as as the preseason ramps up toward the season, the twenty twenty one season for for the Ohio State Buckeyes. But I digress. You know, this is the week of the Big Ten meetings uh, as we record this. Uh, For the first time, they're going to be held in the city of Indianapolis. But uh, as is usually the case when it comes to Big Ten meetings, um, there are a lot of questions to be asked of coaches. And the the number one question is going to be asked of Ryan Day, the head coach of Ohio State, going into his third season is, hey, Ryan uh, or Coach Day, who's going to be your starting quarterback? Of course, my buddy Awesome Ward believes the answer has been for a while. It's going to be CJ Stroud, but you know, the, the problem with those kind of assumptions is until the head coach makes that call and makes it official or sends that guy out there for that first play, you know, like uh, Woody Hayes did with, uh, Arch Lister way back in, uh, 1978, sent, uh, Arch Lister out the quarterback and Rod Gerald, the incumbent uh, quarterback out to, out to wide receiver. You never really know what's coming. Uh, uh so, and it, to this point, Ryan Day is not named a starter. In fact, he is not even named a pecking order when it comes to the Ohio State uh, quarterback battle between C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, and freshman Cal McCord. If you got to watch the spring game like a lot of us did, if you watched it on television, you know all three of these guys are ultra talented. Uh, maybe C.J. Stroud came out of that with a little bit of an edge. But if you watch the way Cal McCord finished up that game, I mean, for a freshman, he's looking pretty good. Jack Miller had a tough start, but I thought rebounded very well. But the bottom line, let's go with the assumption. Let's go with Awesome Ward's assumption that it's C.J. Stroud's job maybe to lose going into preseason camp. What are the Buckeyes going to get with C.J. Stroud? Well, for one thing, if he becomes a starter, he'll be the first starting quarterback in Ohio State history from Rancho Cucamonga High School in California. So he's got that going for him. And so with that in mind, instead of the little bit I've gotten to see him practice and play at Ohio State, if you remember correctly, he didn't throw a pass last year uh, as the – appeared to be the primary backup to Justin Fields as the season went on. He did have a running touchdown against Michigan State, which showed a lot of – showed a lot of potential from that standpoint. But where he's really excelled, Uh, the last many years in his development has been throwing the football and not just standing there and throwing it, running around and throwing it, making plays happen, you know, being the MVP of what the 2019 elite 11 quarterback competition, for example, uh, he wowed some people out there. Is he about to wow people here? Well, you know what? The only, the only guy I know that's, well, there's a lot of people who got to watch him play in high school, but this guy saw him up close and personal. He was, his high school head coach and offensive coordinator, Mark Verti, V-E-R-T-I, from Rancho Cucamonga High School. Uh, Mark stepped away from coaching this year after last year's weird pandemic season, which ended up, uh, I think, being a spring season for Rancho Cucamonga and many of the schools out in California. Uh, But he was kind enough to join me for an interview. Let's let's just assume C.J. Stroud is going to be the – the starting quarterback for Ohio State, succeeding uh, Justin Fields, uh, record-breaking in many ways, Justin Fields, or at least eye-opening in many ways, Justin Fields. What are the Buckeyes going to get out of C.J. Stroud? Here's here's a here's a man who watched him develop. Uh, first, as the offensive coordinator at Rancho Cucamonga, uh, C.J. Stroud's first two years there, freshman and sophomore, to uh, his junior senior years, when in fact. Uh, Mark Verdi was the head coach. He watched him blossom into this uh, player that uh, may be poised to lead the Ohio State offense into yet another realm. So without further ado, let's, let's get to my interview with Mark Verti. And as promised, I'm joined by Mark Verti, former head coach at Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, basically, the two years that uh, C.J. Stroud was the starting quarterback there, there. Mark, thanks for
1: joining the Tim May Podcast. Thanks, Tim, for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it looks like a beautiful day there in Southern California, my man, and uh, I know you're enjoying life now, right? You're like basically kind of
1: swimming in retirement a little bit, right? Right. It's My first summer off since like eighth grade of high school because I've always had football or coaching going on, and I'm a teacher, so I, a lot of guys have summers off, but this has a, been a very enjoyable summer with my family. I got you, man. Yeah, hey, more
0: power to you, man. I've been covering uh, football since I was uh, 19 years old as a sports writer, and I'm 67, and I'm I'm semi-retired. Some people think I work harder now than I used to, but uh, let's just get right down into it. Uh, <clears throat> you show up at Rancho Cucamonga, uh, get named the head coach there in 2018. You immediately established CJ. Well, maybe immediately it's not the right word. You can fill in the blanks there. Immediately uh, established CJ Stroud as your starting quarterback. What did you see from this young man right away that caught your eye?
1: I was there the, the years before. I was the OC the couple years before that. So, um, we knew that year he's by far the guy. Like he's just, he had a way to weigh his turn him. He was in a big QB battle his first two years. He almost got the job his freshman year, really close with Nick Acosta getting it. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, by far his junior year, like he was, he led us. He's captain uh, his junior year and senior year is by far the captain. Just he has all the traits of a good leader of a quarterback that you, that you want: the intelligence, the arm, the the just the. The savvy, right? The yeah, he has everything you want. The competitiveness. He's just a great QB, great kid. I was going to say, turn on his highlight
0: video, and it, it's amazing. Just uh, you know, I always look at guys. I've been watching this game for a long time, and guys that just play with a smoothness about him. I mean, he seems to be so smooth in everything he does. Is is that an accurate portrayal of kind of what you saw on the field from him?
1: Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't rattle him. The people bringing pressure or. Right, the, the, the time of the game, the pace of the game, the score of the game, it doesn't rattle him at all. He just, he's just that level, level keel kind of a guy that we try to get, and it just probably comes natural to him. You saw him in the basketball court when he played basketball for our school that fourth quarter overtime. Like he's just, it doesn't bug, and he wants the ball in his hands. He wants to make that play. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: hey, Coach, have you spoken with him much in the last year or so? I mean, what, what, what's
1: your feel for, for what he feels about his situation at Ohio State? I just – we text a few times here and there. Um, I always ask other people who have talked to him, try to get some more about him, and I yeah. try not to bug him too much about that kind of stuff. But I know he's enjoying it over there. He's working hard and uh, looking forward to what could come. And last I heard, he's he just wants to do what's best for the team and trying to make himself better and the team better, that kind of stuff.
0: Hey, put yourself in Ryan Day's shoes. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, here you got – you've got – in Corey Dennis' shoes, for them matter, the quarterback's coach – You've got these three guys that are all, you know, in their own way. They've got something special about them, Uh, you know. And you as a you as a coach, used office coordinator, then as a coach, what, what were you looking for most when you were basically deciding on a quarterback? Uh, what, what 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 needed to come to the fore more than anything else?
1: I just I don't know if there's one thing right. You got to take everything to account. The from the arm, the accuracy, the pocket awareness to the knowing the offense, how to make audibles, what to see, what can you see the defense, how do you see the plays to his interaction with the teammates? Is he going to be the right leader? Do the teammates trust him? Do they like him? There's so much you got to take account for the QB position. It can't just be this one trait, uh, right? It's just – there's a whole bunch that you just – I think coaches see it through the run. Like, they just take it all in and you'll find the right guy. Does it end up being a gut feel to a certain
0: extent if, in fact, you've got two guys – Two guys who are extremely talented or three guys are extremely talented. Is it does it almost cause they all got there for the same reasons you just pointed out, you know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. Does it does it end up being sort of a uh loss of sleep, uh a few nights gut feel before you name a starter like that?
1: Yeah, it's gonna it is tough, right? And there's always a lot of positions, you could just get played two of them during a game and it works itself out by the end of the season. Yeah. Right. QB, for the most part, tough to rotate guys. You kind of want to make a guy be the captain of the team to take over. So, right, and you build those relationships with those kids throughout that time and you like them all and you want to do what's best for them all. But then you make the decision. It's just, it's tough. It is tough. Yeah, and it
0: sets the tone. It sets the tenor for your team. I mean, for your for your team, not just from on the field. But like you said, I mean, the quarterback's got to be a leader. I mean, right? Uh, yeah.
1: Just by happenstance, he's kind of like the president of the team, right? Yeah, you get the ball every time, right? They have to trust you with the ball every play. Nobody else can say that. He gets the ball every play, and they have to trust what he's doing as well. And if he makes that call for an audible or he throws the ball to somebody else and not you, you have to trust that was the right thing for the team. And uh, if you don't have that trust, it just – it just could get bad and they have to have that trust. What what blossomed
0: in him from like his maybe freshman year to junior year in high school that you saw that just, I mean, you know, that he was, you know, we talked, you talked a while ago about how, you know, he struck you from the get go, but what just blossomed in, in him over
1: the two years leading up to him becoming your starter? He's just, he's behind an intelligent, good quarterback. So every year he got better. It wasn't just, blossom yeah. from sophomore junior year the guy graduated and but cj every year was getting better from just throwing the he always threw a nice deep ball a nice accurate deep ball and then but then he started realizing that you don't need to go deep every time you can throw it off and drop it off and but by the end of his junior year he's getting better and better by the end of his junior year his audibles his protections all this stuff was right on in his senior year there's so many times where he got us out of a bad play into a good play he audible to a blown coverage to a receiver and they were just kind of on the same page and the protection, he knew all of our protection. So if a blitz is coming guy, we couldn't pick up, he'd have the running back or old line, pick it up. And that was a big gain from him from his sophomore year to the end of his senior year. His just knowledge of the offense and the protection of the run game and all that was kind of on him. And he, he got a vast, a lot of bad run plays where the defense were overloaded to one side. He knew what play to come back and counter it. And he did all that for us and did it very well. What is it like as a coach to see a guy improve like that?
0: Like I, I call it blossom because you know you're this flower and you keep getting a little bit better and better, and suddenly you're this rose. Well, what, what what is it like? Number one to to see a guy do that, but then number two to to feel to feel him take control of the game to a certain extent in,
1: in critical moments. It's where you, it's where you want a player to get to, right? I mean, uh, right. exactly. Yeah. It's not see him every day. It's not overnight. Like that might be for yeah. some fans. You see him those. 10 12 15 games like whoa this guy's a huge jump but we see it throughout but then all of a sudden senior year you're like wow like that's just a great read and um you'll see him talking about their audibling and then we would be like i think he's calling this and he does and just it makes sense right you see on the signs of the coach you see up on top that you see that all we should this is open but then i'm actually seeing it and doing it and just it would just make sense and and some of his throws through the lanes like on the run through a lane just hitting a guy for a touchdown We're like wow that's special you know it just all of a sudden you just see those plays that aren't average high school football plays I was gonna
0: say the, the plays you don't the plays that weren't drawn up they just happen on the fly
1: I mean you know yeah, that's that's big in high school in a lot of sports right? It's a lot of cheapies like touchdowns that come it just, it's just a blown play that works it's a a realization that that defense didn't line up correctly, that one play. Instead of trying to call back and they fix it to the next play, the QB takes advantage of that one play, then misses the line and, and hits it. Yeah. And that one coverage, he's able to see it because he has great vision, probably from his basketball days as a guard. He has good vision. So he's able to see that and and take advantage of it. And a lot of times you can't wait to the next play to, to beat that defense on that. You have to take advantage of that one time they mess up, and he does that.
0: Yeah, yeah, sees uh, sees the opportunity. Carpe diem, but uh, that's today. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. you know, you know it's funny though, but that's what, I, in my opinion, nowadays. But it it always has been this way. I've been watching football since the early '60s, and the guy, the play, the quarterback that can do that uh, is just the the that's the difference maker, really. When you get to the really the elite level. You know, the cream of the crop, the uh, Patrick Mahomes just wheeling and dealing occasionally. He he runs mostly patterned plays, but when he has to make a play, he does it. Even Tom Brady does that, right? I mean, in his yeah. own way.
1: Right, and all the greats do. They, they take advantage of what the defense got them and, and knows when to throw it before it's open and how it's going to be open, but still take advantage of the matchup. You know that your guy's better than that guy through film. You know pre-snap where the pressure's coming from, where a lot of QBs don't know, like all that. Is big, and some guys have that, and some don't. And it's that's why they, they get paid the most money in the NFL, it's just a big job.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, you kind of touched on it a while ago, though. I, I would say that if you had to, if you had to state something that I don't know if it's underrated, it's not the correct term, but something that needs to be appreciated about a CJ Stroud is it's clear he does his homework, right? I mean, uh, how long homework. has he been, I guess, uh, committed to that aspect of the game?
1: His freshman year, he's always putting time in on the film work, and we'd come in on. Mondays and do our scouting report and he'd be ready for it and and on pre like pre-game tests he's all prepared for it but his senior year is just a different level junior year was better but senior year he'd come in Mondays and know all of our plays that I was, we're gonna put in he had those down he would come up with some other ones that he thought would be open and he'll he'll have a reason for doing it not just like hey I saw this play on Madden let's run it it'll be like he'll show me clips off a of film he's watched and and like, hey, look at this. We could beat them with this zone here. And if we do this play here that we have, the plays that we already have in the playbook out of different formations, he wouldn't know those. And we could do this play on this formation because look at these clips that we saw, you know. And <laughs> he, he spent hours of film. And because of that trust we built up as a staff with him, we trusted what he was saying. And it wasn't just like, ah, oh, move on. Like, he was right a lot of times with that.
0: Wow. I mean, that's that takes trust on both sides, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Right. Some coaches just like brush the kids off and like, Oh, I just know everything, but yeah. uh, not the good ones. You got to listen to them and uh, especially the guys who's built up that trust. And he's one of those guys who had, yeah, I was going to say, and you know,
0: no one sees it from the quarterback's perspective, except the quarterback. I'm talking about when you're on the field, et cetera. I mean, you know, it's, it's really easy to watch from the press box or even sometimes the sideline, but uh, it, it matters what the quarterback is seeing and how he's adjusting, et cetera. Right. I mean, that's, uh, and the guys that uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's what impresses me. Uh, I think what impressed me too when you watch his video
1: is just how good he is on the move, throwing the ball. Uh, accurate, right? Like running right, throwing left, throwing left, running left, throwing right, whatever. It just, it's just – it's an accurate, catchable ball when he's moving around. And did, did, did y'all – as he was coming up, do did, did y'all
0: practice that kind of stuff? I mean, or is a lot of that just pure, like a shortstop, natural stuff that happens sometimes?
1: A lot of this natural because no matter how much you practice, some guys can't pick it up. But, yeah, that's – like I was the QB guy. So I always thought that that's a big skill in high school, especially you're not going to have five, six grade old linemen and protection. You're going to have guys get beat. And so many plays If a QB can buy time. The DBs don't cover long enough. A guy can get open. So learn how to throw on the run. Yeah. Not just play action rollouts or sprint outs, but just be able to make a D lineman miss and then buy some time and throw on the, an accurate ball. It's just because you can get guys open if you buy time and, if you could throw an accurate ball when they're open, it helps those, those yeah. plays become huge.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, uh, his only touchdown to date is a Buckeye. He ran the ball against Michigan State. He, I think you probably saw that, you know, or at least yeah. you saw a video of it. Uh, <clears throat> what, does it ma- what does it mean now? You know, we talked about this earlier a little bit, but what does it mean now to have in the game a guy that can beat you with his feet when all else fails? Because he, he appears to be a guy that wants to sit in there – Sitting there is not the right term, but wants to make the play, the original player, wants to get the ball down the field. But what does it mean now? And is that what
1: everybody's looking for is that player anymore? Right, it's just you – know, they have to have a defender responsible for him a little bit. Like, he's deceptively faster than – he has those long, smooth strides that you're not going to catch from behind, right? He just – he gets moving. and um, But he likes to pass the ball off. He wants his teammates to get the ball. He, he's aware – in practice if some guy hasn't got the ball yet to make sure that guy gets the ball in practice or in a game, like just to keeping everybody happy. It's part of being a good QB. You got to feel your teammates and how they're doing. And, hey, Coach, you got to get this guy the ball. Like, let's go get him the ball and and um, have that awareness. But still take – like, you got to win games. He's he's one of the most competitive guys I've ever been around. He wants to win every everything from little competition to practice to game. So he's going to do what it takes to win, but still – I. A lot of teams see now, if your whole team's involved, you have a better shot to win it. He did a good job distributing the ball to everybody. Coach, did you get to watch any of Ohio State's spring game? Did you get to see a replay or anything? I've been a lot of uh, just the little practice clips that – I know a lot of you had me in the practice. Any kind of practice clips I've been seeing out there, I've been hopping on And the spring game for sure. And yeah. uh, it's exciting. It's the Ohio State's – the depth they have. I'm trying to tell people – so I'm falling along because of CJ, so I'm close. So I'm telling my buddies out like they, they're 10, 12 deep at receivers. They're all lines, all their tight ends. It's just right. They're the best incoming freshman running back coming in with the starter coming back. It's just it's it's a very good situation.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, boy, wouldn't you like to drive that car? But uh, you know, of course you gotta keep the car on the track, as the old saying goes, right? Uh yeah, well why is Ohio State why is Ohio State and even Alabama, you know, obviously Alabama, why have they have? why have they had so much success, you think, going to the West Coast and getting that occasional big-time player now. What's what's the dynamic that's going on there, for, from your opinion, as a high school
1: coach? It looks like if you look at the pro sports, my opinion, who knows, but um, pro sports, kids like going to winners, right? Like the players. Like you see the NBA players. You see pro NFL players. They're joining winners, right? They, wanna, yep. they don't mind creating a super team. So they all have contacts now from these camps and these from online social media, they have contacts with the people, and and let's join. Let's make this team work. Let's make it Ohio State's class coming in this year and in the last few years. Right, they're just all coming in to make this team. And Alabama has been doing that. And people like winners. And right now, with the two LA teams having a tough time, and <laughs> they're going going across nation, get a little bit more TV coverage, ESPN coverage that helps, and playing the big BCS games helps too. You know, you know,
0: how old are you right now, Mark? Forty-three. Yeah. In your lifetime, though, have you seen? I mean, you've seen this. I was talking with a the coach at uh, uh, at a JT Two Molo Molo House uh, uh, School uh, last week and stuff. You know, the kid who signed from up in uh, up near Seattle. and Yeah. yeah. Bottom, it, it, it's almost like a a big nation now, right? Instead of like, I mean, you can watch every Ohio State game if you want to. Uh, yep. I mean, like you said, social media has allowed you to to expand and and all your friendships. You can have friends from, you know, uh, 2,000, 5,000 miles away. Is that like you're talking about? That's part of it too, right? That uh, you can be from Rancho Cucamonga
1: and playing for Ohio State, but all your friends can still see you play, right? Exactly right. And it's, yeah, it's easy. Everybody's going to see you play and the contact back home is fast and quick and, Just those relationships you build up going to the Opens and going to these big national combines, all right? You start throwing to those players. You start blocking, tackling those guys that you get to know. And, yeah, hey, where are you going? Where are you going? Uh, They just get – they're in the hotel hanging out. They're hanging out at night. They become friends, and they end up going to the same place and having a good time that way too.
0: Hey, uh, you know, you've been been in the the cutting edge of, like, Offensive football. I'm from uh, I'm originally from Deep East Texas, and originally for that Alabama, but uh, I've lived up here for forty something years. But in in Texas, for now, for example, high school games last three and a half hours because everybody throws the ball, spreads the field, etc. You've seen this happen. Is the genie ever going back in the bottle? Do you think on spread, uh, guys getting guys in space, etc. I mean, I mean, everybody's gonna want to run the ball a little bit. But what, yeah. where do you see
1: this going, man? I think that's what Ohio State, Alabama—they they do right. Like, uh, yeah, right. So it's just they have twelve personnel in the game. They're still blocking. They're still doing a bunch set and putting big guys in and and running the ball. And that's what Ryan Day does well. At Ohio State, like they have tight ends. They run the ball very well, um, right? There's still some schools that I know that just run the ball eight percent of the time and do that. So still there. Um, just more formations now than before, and then more shifts and motion probably than before. So. Just now with the run-pass option, a lot of run plays being called that end up being a pass, but there's a lot of run plays being called. Yeah. So it just why run the ball? If one guy misses a block, he gets nothing. If you throw the ball, it's the easy completion. Get those five yards throwing the ball. So it's just the, the RPO is probably the big thing, or the PRO, is the pass-run options or run-pass options. Those are probably the big two things that make less run plays, but there might be more run plays being called in all these offenses.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, but when you see Nick Saban go in, go go to that mode, you know, a couple of years ago, then you know things have really changed and stuff. Uh, and you you see quarter, you've seen quarterbacks coming up. I mean, uh, and it's headed now, matriculating, I think, into the NFL and stuff. But are are the C.J. Strouds? Is that what everybody? Oh, that's a dumb question. But is that what everybody's looking for now? You know, in your mind,
1: right? I, th- I think they're just looking for a guy who could see what's open and know it's not, you don't need to have the Tom Brady Super Bowls. he's not running the ball, right? You don't need the guy who needs to run, but he could see what's open and could hit it on time. He's not, you don't want the guy dancing in the back when guys are open and he's can't see them. You don't want that guy. You want the guys to get the right play and deliver the ball at the right time. And whoever does that the best is if the guy could run and do that, that's better. Right. But you don't, you see the guy who could see what's open and get the ball. was open.
0: Gotcha. Hey, last thing, um, what would be your advice? Uh, what will be your advice to uh, CJ's? He goes into preseason camp because you know Ryan Day, as a coach, is wont to do. Said you know the quarterback job is not settled. You know he's got three stars there that uh, all have different abilities, including you know the freshman Kyle McCord looks pretty good. You know, uh, right? What 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 would what, what would be your advice to CJ? Because you know th- these guys, they're always looking for these guys to assert themselves as leaders and stuff, but. Can you really assert yourself until you are the guy? If you if you follow my drift, just what, right. what would be your uh, I guess advice to him?
1: Just just work hard. I always tell him just work hard, right? Just do what you can to take care of your business and right. And his personality, he's going to get to know the guys and be the leader out there. And hey, you could like work on people's routes and protections. He'll do that, right? But just take care of what you can take care of. Don't let the other stuff stress you out. You can't stress out about stuff you have no power over. And he does a good job of, of putting his work in.
0: All right, I know I said last thing, but I have a calling card. I always ask one more question anyway. Give me that one play from two thousand nineteen or maybe two thousand eighteen that best that just sticks in your mind about CJ Stroud. Man, this guy's special.
1: There was a pass versus Calabasas that got through defenders for a touchdown. I was impressed by. There's a. It could be that a run play in our last game with Sierra Cannon where he got us out of that run play and then um, he had a ball to a weak side. They flew there on it and he pulled the ball and kept it and scored on a big run. Um, just those kind of things where it's his – you see his, his physical ability with his mental ability working together, right? Those are the kind of things that he did so well.
0: Yeah, that's what sets the great ones apart. Hey, Mark Verdi, thank you very much for joining me, man.
1: Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciated Coach Verdi coming on with me. Uh, you know, I, I love talking to high school coaches, man, because uh, you know, on the one hand, they're the, they're, the, they're the fellas that really develop most of these players you see at Ohio State. I mean, they really develop from a freshman to a senior in high school, from uh, who is that phenomenal looking athlete to who is that phenomenal looking football player. And of course, Ohio State now, uh, starting with Urban Meyer, and then right continuing on through Ryan Day now, um, has recruited some of the great players in the country. They're stockpiling them for one of another term. And uh, but Mark Verde saw you know saw the potential for greatness in C.J. Stroud a long time ago, and now maybe Ohio State fans are gonna, are going to get to see the same thing. But uh, uh, I always go back to this. Uh, until the head coach names the starting quarterback, you're a little bit, I don't know, it's, it's a little bit uh, uh, risky to like step out there on a limb because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen that much of C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, neither has anybody else who covers Ohio State. Yeah, you hear you word of mouth, you know, what's going on, et cetera. You get the idea that C.J. Stroud probably is ahead when it comes to this competition you know with quarterback coach Corey Dennis leading the way there, and Ryan Day, of course, having the final say. The head coach always has a final say on the starting quarterback. That's for for damn sure. But uh, you know, you look back on some of the some of the quarterback battles of the recent past at Ohio State when when uh, J.T. Berry led Ohio State to the brink uh, of the postseason in 2014. Cardell Jones stepped in and led them to the 2014. Uh, college football playoff national championship, the first ever. And uh, they had that battle going into preseason camp. And uh, lo and behold, Cardell Jones emerged. Was Cardell Jones promised he was going to be the starter uh, if he came back to school for that year? Urban Meyer, no one's ever really, uh, ever really said that that was a guarantee. Um, uh, then you had, of course, the Joe Burrow, uh, Dwayne Haskins Jr. battle. Uh, for the starting quarterback job in what, 2018, the spring of 2018. And, you know, uh, Joe Burrow was not given assurances, uh, I guess, enough assurances that uh, where he stood in the pecking order, thought he had a great spring, and he did have a great spring. So did Dwayne Haskins Jr. Joe Burrow ended up transferring to LSU and uh, uh, two years later he ends up uh, winning the Heisman Trophy, becoming number one pick in the NFL draft. And, is now, uh, after recovering from injury, about to lead the Cincinnati Bengals again. So, you know, it's just interesting to watch these things because until Ryan Day steps out and says, this guy is the starter, uh, it's a little bit risky to step out there and say he should be the starter because, you know, let's face it, Ryan Day and Corey Dennis and that group see these guys a hell of a lot more than we do. Uh, I think it was pretty easy to assume that Justin Fields was going to be the starter in 2019. But until Ryan Day named him the starter, Ryan Day wanted to see more of Justin Fields in the summer and preseason camp before handing it over to him. Because let's face it, Justin Fields didn't have the greatest of spring games by any stretch. Uh, he ended up being one of, the, one of the more maybe as dynamic a quarterback as Ohio State has ever had. Can C.J. Stroud be that guy? Boy, when you watch him on video, what the, the word that stands out about the way he played, especially his last year at uh, Rancho Cucamonga High School in California – the word that stands out is smooth. Uh, the other word that stands out is accurate, meaning the way he was throwing the ball, throwing the ball on the run, uh, and then going back to the smooth part. Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of Russell Wilson. I, I love the way Russell Wilson carries himself on the football field. Same with Patrick Mahomes. I'm not putting, <laughs> I'm not putting C.J. Stroud in that realm yet. But the bottom line is. These guys sometimes they're just they they just look so smooth. They seem like they see what's happening before anybody else does. C.J. Stroud has that uh, has that about him from just observing his videos, etc. You know, and as you heard Coach Birdie point out, his former high school coach, uh, where C.J. Stroud really stood out was in the leadership realm, but also in the in the preparation realm, and that's what really separates the good the great from the good is the guys that have all the ability in the world, but then they put in all the work so that football, the exercise of playing football becomes almost deja vu moments for them instead of like eye opening. Oh, I better react kind of moments. And uh, CJ Stroud appears to have that ability and capability. Those are probably the same. Those probably mean the same thing, but it just sounds cool to say capability as opposed to ability. Uh, But anyway, I digress as usual. Uh, maybe Ryan Day will shed some light on the quarterback situation uh, this coming Friday in Indianapolis when it's his time to go to the podium and then to sit there for an hour and answer questions from guys like me and others uh, who cover Ohio State football. But until he until he puts the uh, final uh, signature on, yes, this is the guy who's going to set the tone, not just for the Ohio State offense, but for the Ohio State football team. The quarterback is – ipso facto, the leader of the football team, whether he's a captain or not, you know, it's folly for anyone to just step out on him and say, yes, this is the guy. Because as we've all seen in preseason camps, uh, a la 2014, things can happen which twist fate. And, uh, you know, Braxton Miller going down with a shoulder shoulder injury and uh, JT Barrett being named as a Richard freshman as a starting quarterback at Ohio State. You know, you saw where that uh, – serendipity serendipity led. It led to a national championship. Uh, I, I expect uh, all three of these guys to come out throwing when preseason camp opens for the Buckeyes. So the month of August is going to be extremely interesting. But, you know, I kind of agree with my buddy, Awesome Ward, uh, that going into this, you just got the sense. C.J. Stroud has got the edge because he had the edge at the end of the season last year. You know, he was the primary. He, would, he ended up being the, the guy who stepped in for Justin Fields a couple of times when Justin Fields got popped, but the, but I keep going back to this also. Uh, C.J. Stroud has yet yet to complete a pass or throw a pass in uh, major college football, so I would I would think this this battle is still to a certain extent wide open. If somebody really steps forward in the in the preseason and or someone or two step back, then it will become more clear for Ryan Day and his staff. So it's going to be interesting to watch. And, uh, you know, you can pay attention to my podcast and all the other developments on lettermanroe.com because we're going to be covering this battle, just like the battles in the secondary, the battles for starting linebacker spots, uh, you know, the JT Tui Moloow rise along with Jack Sawyer, maybe the, arguably the two best defensive end recruits in Ohio State football history in the same class, you know, Uh, I guess by metrics, uh, according to the uh, recruiting experts, maybe they're the two best anyway. But uh, it's going to be a fun preseason camp to cover and, and see the developments with Ohio State football. So until next week, or until I feel like it, this is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. We'll see you then